0: Hello and welcome to Cardio Buzz, your weekly cardiology podcast. We bring you a selection of practice changing research, conference proceedings, guidelines, news, and interviews with experts. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Hello everyone and welcome to the second episode of wearables and heartbeats. In the previous episode, we gave an overview on two technologies used in the wearables to monitor the heartbeats. We also revised the algorithm from the recent European Heart Rhythm Association document, which describes which device to choose based on the frequency of the patient's symptoms of palpitations. I hope that you had a chance to go through the ERA document. If not, then please subscribe to the channel so that you can revise the summary of the important points of this document from the previous episode and in this episode. Welcome to CardioBuzz. I'm Hussain Hishmat, Professor of Cardiology and Interventional Cardiologist. This week, we will discuss the application of wearable digital devices an athlete who's either symptomatic or has an apparently abnormal heart rate. Managing competitive athletes is a sensitive issue because they are fit and it's hard to imagine that they are sick. It gets more complex if they are celebrities. Injury or death while training or in the game usually stirs waves of surprise, anxiety and compassion in the media and among the sports fan. Athletes have been early adopters of digital devices to guide their training with a focus on the heart rate zones for cardio training versus endurance training. And there are many heart rate monitors commonly worn during athletic training. ECG sensors in chest worn devices or PPG technology in the wrist. And there are also electrode embedded garments, shirts, multi strap vests and single chest straps that are paired with the wristbands. They can provide wearability and comfort as well as stability to decrease motion artifacts. These devices have superior performance to PPG based monitors. There are two peculiar scenarios in which these heart rate monitors may be of value for athletes. An athlete who has symptoms and suspected to have arrhythmia, or an athlete who presents with an abnormal recording from the heart rate measuring device, Bradyarrhythmia or Tachyarrhythmia. The ERA document has algorithms to handle these scenarios and of course digital devices are in the core of the two algorithms. Let's go through the two algorithms. So the first situation is when an athlete presents to the doctor because there is an abnormal reading by the heart rate monitor, either bradyarrhythmia or tachyarrhythmia. Here we need to confirm whether there are symptoms or it's just an abnormal reading from the device and if the symptoms correlate with the reading or not. Because the most important point here is to distinguish a true arrhythmia from a noise, mostly in a PPG device. How can we differentiate the two? True arrhythmias usually have a sudden onset and offset whereas noise or oversensing is haphazard When the heart rate is between 150 and 250 this is more with true arrhythmia because noise can give you bizarre heart rates like 300 or 400. If the heart rate is stable, then it's again going with true arrhythmia rather than noise. If the findings are more with noise and oversensing, and the risk of this athlete of structural heart disease is low, then we need to make sure that the heart rate monitor is working properly. We need to confirm by an ECG-based device to make sure that there is arrhythmia or not. If there's no arrhythmia, then we can reassure the athlete If arrhythmia is confirmed or suspected, then we need to go to the other part of the algorithm where we have not noise, we have suspected arrhythmia. And it's essential here to rule out structural heart disease, channelopathy, or ventricular arrhythmia by proper physical examination, proper history, 12-lead ECG, a comprehensive echo study, and probably an exercise test. If we have structural heart disease, we have a high risk of channelopathy or ventricular arrhythmia then we need to counsel the athlete on cessation of athletic competition at least until his risk stratified. In order to diagnose which type of arrhythmia the choice of the device again depends on the frequency of symptoms. If arrhythmias are frequent weekly or daily then halter monitor or patch would be good options. If arrhythmias are infrequent every several months but they are long enough and they are associated with stable hemodynamics, so the athlete can activate the device, then the best option would be an ECG handheld device activated by the patient if he's symptomatic. If arrhythmias are infrequent, brief, or associated with hemodynamic impairment, then the best option would be an implantable loop recorder. If there's no evidence of structural heart disease, but we still suspect arrhythmia, then again, we need to understand which arrhythmia is that. Again, the choice of the device depends on the frequency of the arrhythmia. If the arrhythmias occur daily or weekly, then halter, monitor, or patch. If the arrhythmias are infrequent, but they are long enough to allow time for the athlete to record, then an ECG-based device started by the patient would be a good option. The second situation is when an athlete comes with suspected arrhythmia. He feeds palpitation or he has syncope. And he also has a heart rate monitor, either a PPG or a smartwatch or a chest strap. Here, the most crucial point is whether there is structural heart disease or there is no structural heart disease. How can we know that? By a good history, physical examination, 12-lead ECG, an exercise test and a comprehensive transthoracic study. If the evaluation leads to the suspicion or the diagnosis of structural heart disease, channelopathy or syncope, or the sport environment is high risk, outdoors with rough and heavy contact, then here the situation is a bit risky. Again, we need to counsel the athlete on cessation of athletic competition. And of course, we need to diagnose this arrhythmia And the choice of the device depends on the frequency of the arrhythmia. If the arrhythmia is frequent, then halter or patch would be good options. If the arrhythmia is infrequent, but it's symptomatic and allows time to activate the device, then a patient-activated ECG device is a good option. If the arrhythmias are infrequent or they are short, then an implantable loop recorder would be the best option. If there is no evidence of structural heart disease, the symptoms are mild, the sport environment is with low risk, in though with no rough contact, then we need to confirm the symptoms with an ECG-based device. Again, it depends on the frequency of symptoms, daily or weekly, halter or patch. If the arrhythmias are infrequent with long and symptomatic episodes, it gives time for the patient to activate the device then a patient-activated ECG is a good option. In the case that there is no structural heart disease, there is no risky situation, then we need to give time and instruct the athlete to continue sports using the heart rate monitor, as we described in the previous algorithm. And we choose between an ECG-based or a PPG-based as we discussed in the previous episode. That was all for this week's episode. If you like the content, please hit the like, subscribe, and activate the bell to get notified at coming episodes. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Cardio Buzz. If you like the content, follow the show on your favorite podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. You will find previous episodes and get alerts to new ones. Please rate the show and write your own review of the content. You can share the episodes to spread knowledge and benefit. Enjoy your weekend and see you next Saturday.